0: hi i'm tammy rodman
1: i'm reynolds chapman and i'm keith daniel welcome to who is my neighbor a podcast about what it looks like to love your neighbor
0: every city has a story and our wonderful city of durham north carolina has woven our stories together
1: this podcast is an invitation to join us as we journey through durham's history of pain and hope and discover what god is speaking to us in this moment come with us as we listen to the voices of the samaritans in this first season We are asking a question to respond to our present moment. Who is my neighbor amid a pandemic and a history of racial injustice? In today's episode, we will have a conversation with Reverend Dorothy Clark and Reverend Alan Jones, co-pastors of Change Paths Ministries on Guthrie Street in East Durham. Change Paths is also known as the porch because the ministry centers around Pastor Alan's front porch where they hold worship services, have conversations, provide f- food and clothing, and create a welcoming space to anyone, no matter their life, their past, or their life circumstances. Pastor Dorothy and Pastor Allen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I want to start off by just asking you all to tell us about Change Paths Ministries. Uh, let's start with you, Pastor Allen. Tell us about the porch.
2: Well, since we got some time to start off with about Um, it's around five years now in September. Um, The porch started off, we, um, my son, Red, and I were going to um, church, Mosaic Church. And he decided to say, let's give away clothes. And so we put together um, a table. The church donated a table for the porch and people started giving clothing and um, we made a little sign about the clothes. And um, that's how it started. And one thing led to another, um, we started giving away snack cakes and water. And um, then um, I think, what, about a couple of years into it or so, had come past the organizing everything, and um, helping to get it together to make it make sense. Cause I personally just think of stuff and keep rolling. Uh, don't think you actually have to write stuff down. Um, I didn't didn't realize um, that we actually needed a five hundred one C three stuff and all that. So so thank God that uh, Pastor Dorothy came in. And uh, like I said, it just came came you know steps at a time. One thing led to another. Holy Spirit through
1: it all. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Dorothy, what drew you to the to the porch, and tell us about what you've what you've done since you've been involved in it.
3: Uh, <clears throat> well, I was I found out about the porch at a religious coalition meeting. Reverend Jones was doing the prayer, and I went up and spoke to him afterwards because it looked like. I had seen him before and I was trying to figure out where I went, cause you know, he has very distinctive look. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> it had to be him. But we met at the, at a, um, a session at Antioch Baptist Church. It was about CCDA. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd seen him. So we found out <laughs> that we had actually been in the same spaces for like three times before we actually met. And he told me about the porch and I went um, the following Sunday, to see what was going on there, because i had I had had a ministry in Roxborough uh, working with women. but these were these were women from from um from lower income, or some of them had maybe drug problems, but but they needed they needed some direction. So I was interested. I had been. I had been called to this type of service and I was fully aware of that. So when I went to the ports, the very first time I went, I knew that was it. I, I just fell right in and felt comfortable and just started going. That's awesome, that's awesome.
0: Uh, tell us how the people in the community have been impacted by the virus.
2: Well, whoever's at the health coalition gave us like a hundred masks, and um, so we do give the mask out to a lot of people, but a lot of them don't um, don't wear them a lot. Um, as far as the corona in the community, I can't see whether there was a lot of difference. We still have people that are hungry. They come on a regular basis to eat. Um, we still have the people that um, sleep on the porch. Um, and so um, what a lot of things that that, that that happen is that as far as um, connecting with offices and things that they need to communicate with people, that has been a hardship for a lot of people and not just the um, people that we serve but, but it hurts them a little bit more because a lot of them don't have access to computers. And mm-hmm. so they depend on being able to make a phone call and talk with someone and figure out what they need to do. That has become a, a problem. Um, that's affected them a lot and um, brings them to a point where they lose hope. With, um, they already had issues with the system to start with but now that they can't really connect with people and you know so so we have a lot of issues like that
1: yeah one of the things that you all have I've been to the porch and I've talked to a number of people who have and I've learned that people who have issues with the system they find a welcoming space on the porch and that's uh it's a different type of environment. How have you all kind of cultivated that environment what What is it that makes the porch a space that people can come and tell us about the people who come kind of some of the things they're going through and why they find a, a place of peace there on the porch?
3: Let me start and then you you address it a big a big uh influence was when we discovered (laughs) what our ministry was, Mm -hmm. that it is that we are primarily a ministry of, a ministry of presence. So we provide a space for folks that, that normally are used to people crossing the street when they see them coming. We welcome anybody to come and sit on the porch. And we're glad to see them, glad to, to have prayer with them, give them food. Um, but just just as they are, just as they are, it's not as soon as they sit down, it's not a lecture starting about what you should be doing, but it is, how are you? How have you been? And, and we had to, well, I had to first understand what a ministry of presence was to recognize that's what we do. That's what we do. And so when we embrace that, then it became, um, it became something that we we knew was purposeful. It's, it's not certain people that we're glad to see. It's anybody that comes on that porch or given Reverend Jones, they, if they're across the street you know, he's going to yell at them to come on over for <laughs> whether it's conversation or food or whatever yeah. that made a big difference
2: I I, I I think one of the things people that come to the porch and not necessarily um, people in the community that are homeless and and, and all that but there are people that just tired of church and the walls, and we've had people that come in that 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 still support us that um have been Duke students and been um you know central students and all that like the 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 um open air freedom to um express yourself um there's not too many pastors that when you come through that, they can openly cuss. <laughs> and, you know, just, so how the hell are you today? <laughs> you know, and you know, and, uh, and really want to hear how the hell are you doing? You know, um, to be able to do that and 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 be able to come to the pastor and, you know, um, I think they really got a refreshing um, thing from Dorothy one day, when she got out of the car. And the porch was just kind of, you know, tizzy that day when she got out of the car. And um, she just, but what the hell y'all doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so everybody just, okay, she real now. <laughs> so I think that's, that's what it is. Oh. I, we don't come out with scripture every five words, you know. And that's what's refreshing. People know the radical love of Jesus there, you know. Yeah.
3: And there's one other thing that I have to say uh, that, that makes people feel comfortable and welcome is that Reverend Jones has been in that community for a long time. People know him. They trust him. They, they believe that he is genuinely concerned for people. So they feel they they feel safe coming there, and they feel um, they feel loved. They feel cared for. Um, the guy that there was somebody that got shot up the street and made his way to the porch, yeah. bleeding, because mm-hmm. he knew that he would be taken care mm-hmm. of if he could get there.
2: Yeah, right. yeah.
3: that's the don't say anybody's name. <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of attitude. That's the kind of trust that um mm-hmm. has been has, has become a part of because of because of his 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 uh longevity in the community mm-hmm. and because of his genuineness mm-hmm.
2: yeah. a lot of the, a lot of people I knew twenty thirty years ago and uh, in another day another place, so we have a lot to talk about
0: mm-hmm. well, I know you all have some um uh, good news or some things that are going on as far as changes on the porch. Would you like to share uh, what's going on right now?
2: Mm. Well, we um, are moving, and we'll get a better house. Um, we right now we're moving everything over to Pete to another place to Piedmont, and um another house um Durham uh, what is it? Durham Community Land Trust is um, helping us with that, and we have cleaned the house out. We're making plans to come back Sunday, again, you know, because they wouldn't be tearing it down this week, but the house has been purchased, and um, we're in the process of getting qualified to, to, to buy it from the Community Land Trust people, so we... Uh, I'm excited about that. It'll be a bigger house, a little bit more room, and bigger porch. And uh, have a ramp on the porch, Red's ramp, in memory of uh, my son. And so we put a plaque on there. And uh, so, but while the, uh, during the process, we'll come back every day and pass out snack bags. And then every Sunday, we should be able to have a service right there in the field next door, so that's what we are. Um, and I'm excited about that. Yeah.
3: So this is, this is a temporary move. The location is still going to be the same. It's just that they're going to, they're going to redo the house. They're mm-hmm. going to tear it down and build a bigger, better one. Mm-hmm. So um, it will change path will be in the same location when it's all over. Definitely, yeah.
1: Praise God. Could you all talk a little bit more about the journey that has led you to being able to have a brand new house right on that property? I I, I think there's a lot of important uh, learning about gentrification and the impact about housing in East Durham that could really kind of speak to the threat of ministries like yours and the importance of really important ministries like yours and how to work against that and find creative solutions to it. So I'd love for you all to share a little bit more about um, the problem and the solution that, where you came to.
3: Oh, how does that start? <clears throat>
1: um,
3: well, I'll tell you, the first that I knew something was wrong, we were in the um, Italian pizzeria.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: We were in the Italian pizzeria. There was what was his name? The man from Boston was going around the country um, raising awareness to homelessness. Mm -hmm. So he 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 drove a Jeep and wherever he went, he looked for the Jeep clubs to come out and work with him to just go and, and, and give out whatever they wanted to give out, whether it was food, water, mm. but he got a caravan of chiefs. So we finished the, the run for the day and we were in there. We were, had had lunch and we're getting ready to leave. And I look and, and Reverend Jones is on the phone and he's animated and he's, he's talking all loud and he's, you know, it's like, what is going on? So this was the first call discovering mm. that the house was was going to be sold from under us Mm -hmm. after believing that we could stay there for, um, that we could determine how long we wanted to stay. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Well, it turns out that um, as people started coming to look at the house, once they found out what what was going on there, nobody wanted to buy it. (laughs) Nobody wanted to buy it. And they didn't want to buy it because they didn't want to disrupt what the good that was being done for the community. And so finally we we came to realize God is intervening in this. God is intervening and we are not supposed to leave here. So it became a, um, it became, especially for, especially for Reverend Jones, it became a a firmer, dig your heels in the sand.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. And, um, but that's, that's how it that's how it started that's how it started was coming to the recognition that how many people have come through and nobody wants to buy it once they find out the mission
2: mm-hmm.
3: that's nothing but god that's god
2: that's so right.
3: then there was the there was a greater confidence that i don't know how this is going to work but somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow we're going to end up staying here
2: that's right and I had so much fun, especially when the younger white folks would come through there and start talking about wanting to flip it or do things like that. And I could talk about gentrification and what the neighborhood looked like. I remember one particular couple and I specifically sort of asked them, how much do you need to be satisfied and say, how much money do you need? I mean, are you going to really say what's enough and things that? Uh, So it got to the point where um, it got back to me that the owner was asking, did Alan say anything to make you change your mind? (laughs) You know, yeah. So I kind of went wow." that way down the road. And um, then somebody, a friend of mine, connected somebody that's a friend of theirs. (laughs) And that friend came and called somebody. And there he came, walking around with a mask on. And... um, I just knew he said what he meant. (laughs) And yesterday, that was the end of it. So that's the way it worked. But when you recognize where God is in the middle of stuff and when there's really no reason, when the people probably could write a check for what he was asking right then, Mm -hmm. these people could do that. Like you said, it had to be God. Mm -hmm. And and God gives you confidence when you know it's him. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. could do that so so that's how that happened what's so striking to me is the way that the whole housing market and the way that gentrification works is so fragmented that Mm -hmm. a couple can just go and purchase a house and not know the impact that it's going to happen and god used you to provide some accountability and there's no accountability in the system of how housing works but somehow God just kept putting you in place to be able to speak to them and say, do you really need more money? And I think that (laughs) that accountability is really needed, even if God has creative ways to make it happen.
3: The other thing that this has revealed, um, at least to me is just how wide the network of support is for this ministry, because there were people who added in, Different little pieces like you need to talk to this person you should go you should go and and have them tell you what you could do so to find out that there's there's even if you we might not see them all the time might not even know that they were concerned about this ministry mm-hmm. but when it came down to being threatened that again was god mm-hmm. that again was was god directing mm-hmm. them to to share their knowledge so that 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 he could get to the place of how do we keep, how do we hold on to this property so mm-hmm. that this ministry can, because it is needed right where it is, not just somewhere, but right where <laughs> right it is, where it, it is, is needed right there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think, I think one of the things that we, we, were, we were discussing this before we uh, came on, that how we work with people who are definitely active and what they're doing, and their addiction, and their life, and working with what they're doing, um, setting themselves on the street, things of that nature. It's no judging, you know. Um, when when we come there, and I think that that is what a lot of uh, ministries fail is that they you people come in their middle of their addiction and things like that, and they expect it to get sober right that day. To, to go and to move into a plan of I'm going to get so No, not so much uh, in that. I remember the first time somebody dropped a stem on the porch and when they, they dropped the stem and they looked at it and said, you know what that is? <laughs> I said, oh hell yeah, I know what that is. I said, but when I smoked crack, you know, when I was smoking crack, I explained to them that I couldn't stand that damn stem. It was annoying. You you know you had to put the crack on the stem and hold it upright and all the kind of bull. I like the bong, so we sat down and we actually had a conversation. I actually had a conversation with a person who's actively smoking crack and handing our stem back, and we talked about the, the better get high method. So I thought that my bong was better. And I ain't smoked in thirty years or how long been, but the bong was better. So they kind of said, "Oh." <laughs> this fool knows, knows what I'm talking about. And so, yeah, so I think that helps, you know, and a lot of people that are in a position when they have arrived forget that God had to clean some shit from them, you see? And they forgot that. Oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that. Yeah, edit that. But, uh, but yeah, they okay. forgot that stuff still stinks. They forgot that. Um,
0: um, It just brings a smile to my face because uh, this podcast asked the question of what does it look like to love your neighbors? And so I want to ask that question of you all right now. What does it look like to love our neighbors right now in the midst of all that's going on? And what wisdom can you offer us all about what it looks like to love our neighbors.
3: I think what it looks like is seeing somebody coming and seeing that person, not seeing what they do or what they did, but seeing them and being glad to see them. I think about a lot of time. I think about um, especially when I first started going to the porch. I I had this experience. I I was working downtown for uh, a short period before I was called to ministry. I had no idea that was coming, but there was a young man who used to walk the street with bags, and you know you could tell he was homeless. And he was whenever I saw him, he was having a conversation with somebody who wasn't there. So I would always try to, if I was coming out and saw him come, I'd wait inside until he passed because I didn't want him to think I was somebody that he was upset with or, you know. But anyway, I avoided him. One day I went to work and before I left the house, I asked God to let me see let me see you in everyone I meet today. And lo and behold, don't be praying for what you don't want to get um so when I was coming out of the office that day there was that young man and so I was at the car and I I remembered my prayer and instead of going back in I stood there and I looked at him and for the first time he stopped his conversation he looked dead at me and he smiled and I said, I said right then, I said, Jesus, I know that's you. I know it's you <laughs> because I had not seen that on that young man's face. Maybe because I was scared to look at it. But after that, I think about that. If I'm tempted to see somebody and go into judgment stage, I remember that. That Jesus is waiting to smile at me through that person. And I try to, that's how I try to greet people. It's easier now. It's easier because somebody's looking at me Mm -hmm. thinking the same thing. Ooh, that's the street. That's That's what it looks like to me. Mm
2: -hmm. I think we have to be able to present ourselves to not just people that we think are down on their luck, but people in general. They need to see you themselves and you. Mm-hmm. They need to see where they could be, where they come from, and where they are now. I think that needs to be seen in, in through you, and um, that helps a lot to 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 break the wall the walls down that we put up. You know, um, when we greet people, and sometimes we just do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know ask somebody how you're doing and keep walking and don't look at them. (laughs) How you doing, but keep moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't even wait for a response. Don't, 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 don't do that. But when you stop, look at somebody and ask them, like like Pastor Dorothy just said, that brings them to understand this person really is concerned and ask, you know, want to know the answer. Mm -hmm. And especially now. And uh, I used to, when I would go to the hospital to see red, a lot of times when I would see doctors that were so busy and everything, and I, I just loved to do it, I would yell at them, how are you doing? You know, just to get them changed their mind, you know, of, yeah, I ain't that busy. I can actually speak to another human being. Yeah. So speaking to people nowadays, it, it should be automatic now, but we, we don't do enough of that.
1: Pastor Dorothy, you mentioned presence earlier and this being a ministry of presence. And it, you as you shared the answer to Tammy's question, what does it look like to love our neighbor? You kind of gave a modern day Good Samaritan story, really, thinking about all the ways, all the reasons mm-hmm. that we come up with to pass by on the other side, whether that other side is the other side of the road or staying in our office uh, and wait until the person you know, leaves that area. But mm-hmm. the Samaritan went on the other side of the road, the same side as the person who fell into the ditch. And that that presence was transformative for both the Samaritan and for the person in the ditch. But I think about a lot of people who, they they wonder, what do I do? You know, you always hear that question, but what should I do about everything that's going on, the coronavirus, racial injustice in our country, and there are very simple acts that can be so transformative, like just saying, you know what? I'm going to say hi to this person today, but that Mm -hmm. led you down a path where now you on a regular basis are living in this ministry of presence. uh, Mm -hmm. And you, you experience that on a regular basis. So those small steps, those small decisions can make such a powerful impact. Um, So yeah. Thank you all so much for, that that answer that was really powerful
3: there was another thing that i just
1: just thought of
3: this um what it looks like when i first started going to the porch i heard a number of times if it wasn't for pastor i would be dead i heard from different people that same thing if it wasn't for him because he was feeding he was um you providing food he was providing Space for people to come and sit and just rest and talk and caring. I haven't heard that in a long time. I haven't heard that from anybody in a long time. And to me, that says that people take it for granted that somebody does care for them. They don't have to be surprised when they're they're invited to sit. They're invited to have. Yes, we're we're going to have food today. We're going to have chicken just mm-hmm. just wait just a minute. It's coming. It's coming. But the fact that nobody is surprised says that it has made that we've made an impact mm-hmm. and that people accept that I'm worthy. You know, they might not put it in those terms, but they mm-hmm. but they feel that.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not easy, you got you got to be ready to get a little dirty.
0: Mm.
2: You got to be dirty and, and you got to be able to go and look at stuff in the face and just shake some stuff off. Um, yeah, we even had fights um, for no reason really, just tension between people. And the next day they come and hug each other right on the porch, you know. Uh, those things like that. Um, yeah, I had to tell a person the other day, you know, you don't pull a knife out here. Now you go down the street and pull it out and do what you want down there. But I'm the only one gonna pull out a knife or a gun or anything, here. no weapons here. you know. And um, But, you know, and then come to find out they were looking for the telephone that was in the bushes right there next to the house. <laughs> <laughs> They were ready to kill somebody. But it was a lot of, I think it was about a lot of, <laughs> Uh, drama, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all it was. But, um, yeah. but they found to found the phone that they was ready to fight about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. That's what Duke said <laughs> the next. Day, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to quote the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, a-
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. As as. um, This this podcast uh, will go out, and uh, other people will a lot of other people will see it. And so, what what would be your message um, to our viewers um, when it comes to uh, finding their purpose and moving forward with it? You know, like you did. You say you just you in red came up with the idea and just, just did it. I mean, how, how would you encourage others who um, are struggling because it's a lot of people who are doing ministry and it can get frustrating and, and uh, tiring all those things. But uh, what, what's an encouraging word that you would give and, and, and also share what are your needs going forth? Uh, how can someone who says "I, I hear you" and I want to be a part of this ministry, I want to, I want to donate, I want to give in some way? Um, so that's probably a two-part question. So
3: let me answer first, mm-hmm. um, because part of that is part of that is the is is the personality or the character of Reverend Jones that he's not aware. Of of what he does. So part of it is um, people will come to Wednesday night or, or to get pizza or, or Sunday, whatever. And they're just sitting there thinking they're coming to eat and he'll Mm -hmm. pop out. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? Mm -hmm. So, or, or if you could, if you could do anything, if you could have any job you wanted tomorrow, what would it be? So he tricks people into thinking about themselves and what they want to do. Forget about where you are now. What is it that you would really, really like to do that you think you were called to do? What, what, what do you see yourself doing? He asks those type of questions that make people think and that, that force them to acknowledge that, yeah, I, I, I probably do have some skills, but I just don't know how... Once they say yes, then he's on them. He's on them and he will help them to, to as long as, but they have to do, they have to do the work. Mm-hmm. They have to do the work. If they're willing to do that, he'll provide um, resources mm-hmm. and, and support. So um that's an ongoing, that's an ongoing thing. And that, is, that, has helped, that has helped some people to realize, I'm tired of this. I'm tired, because we've had people that have, if you, you could call it graduating out of the program, they don't come to the porch anymore because right. they got themselves straight, because they got off of whatever it was mm-hmm. they were on. They found a way because there was somebody willing to support, willing to take them to the, um, the rehab center yet again. Yeah. But that last time was enough. Uh, So that's, that's an important, I mean, that's our system is not going to be like Mm
2: -hmm.
3: probably any other, but Mm -hmm. it's one that works. It's one that works because there's somebody that's not tired of seeing you come up, Mm -hmm. no matter how many times you come there. And, you know, people come sometimes asking for prayer because they don't feel like they can pray. God doesn't hear me anymore. So yeah. that's something. That's a, That's part of. That's part of the ongoing um, thing that happens on the porch. is more than more than just them coming for mm. clothes or coming for food. They are getting. They're they're being forced to to think about mm. at least think about what do you want to be doing. What would you do if you could? Well, let's see if we can make that happen.
2: Uh, that works. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that when you ask the question, what can I do? What, what can I do in all of this and all that? Um, check who your friends are. See what they're saying. God may be speaking through, through your friends. Um, there's somebody in our presence this morning that told me to put the doggone sign up. <laughs> Didn't it? <laughs> they told me to just put the sign up. What they said was more than just put the sign up, get ready for what God is getting ready for you to do. Just put the doggone sign up. And that's what we did. But somebody in your realm of, of your friends and all have spoke to you, have said something to you. And um, understand that that's God speaking through them mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. And um, and then then... God may be telling you, well, you may need to try loose some things. Um, but as far as helping us, I suggest one or two things. If you're not a person that wants to come and, 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 and do and pray with people and, and walk the streets with us or just be there on the porch, if you want to figure out, just come and be quiet a couple of times. Just be quiet. Just sit there and listen. And you have to spend time with people that come up to get a plate and move on. Um, We are a um, legitimate nonprofit. Um, We have, um, you can make checks out to um, Change Path Ministries. And um, our address will still be the same even as we um, transition. And I'm going to, to get a PO box so the address won't change. We have a Facebook account for people to come and look at us and see what we're doing. Um, like I said, you can make the checkout and send it to 9:10 Guthrie, just send it in the mail. And um,
3: Facebook and Instagram.
2: Yeah, and Instagram. I forgot the Instagram thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm Facebook. I'm old-fashioned, <laughs> we don't do Instagram. but uh, I, yeah, I have to go to a place to get on Zoom so my technology is bad. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that you can send that. You can go go on there. And, um, but I would love for people to just come and see where they are, if that's what they want to do, and uh, just come and spend a few. Days. And it doesn't have to be on a Wednesday or um, a Sunday Anytime, you're welcome. Um, we can do that. I've spoken with um, a couple of officers, and they're willing to come and help pass our snack bag on a day that um, we can do that. So that's what we're going to try to do to uh, figure that out.
3: Another important thing that we must say during this, <clears throat> this um, podcast is that in order to do, in order to do this work or be part of, you have to start by acknowledging that I am flawed. I too am flawed. Now, you might not tell anybody else, but you've got to be honest with yourself and acknowledge <laughs> that I am not perfect. Everybody thinks that I am because I'm, I'm an actress. And so I can have you believe that I am perfect, but I know mm-hmm. that I'm not. And so to acknowledge that frees you mm-hmm. to talk to, to be with, to even make friends with someone who is like the complete opposite of you. But you gotta be honest with yourself before you can be honest with somebody else.
0: Hmm. That's powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Reynolds, do you have any other questions before we close out?
1: I just wanna say thank you all so much for being on the show today. So good uh, getting to spend some time with you all and hearing from you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Reverend Allen and Reverend Dorothy, I want to thank you both for your time this morning. Um, you have started my day off well. Um, and I saw the tears, Reverend Allen. I saw them. Um, so thank you for all the work that you do in the community and thank you for loving your neighbors. Truly an example of loving your neighbors. So you be blessed and we thank you again. Thank you thank you for listening. The Who Is My Neighbor podcast is a production of Durham Cares, a nonprofit that mobilizes Durham residents to love their neighbors. Learn more at www.durmcares.org. Be blessed.